All right, hello, friends. I'm on the phone with uh, my cousin, Chris Gordon. You're the first family member to be on the podcast. It's a great Yay. honor afforded to you. Yeah, it is indeed. I, I agree. Appreciate it. Well, a lot of people were vying for the spot, so I hope that you're happy that it was. No, no. Well, I'm sure Christmas is going to suck, but you know that's just the price you pay. <laughs> um, so, like I said, the voice of the man you're hearing is uh, Chris Chris Gordon. And uh, Chris, can you tell everybody quick uh, what you do, and then we'll spend some time talking about who you believe you are. Yeah, sure, Chris. Um, I am a middle school special education teacher for an online public school here in Minnesota. It's called Minnesota Virtual Academy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm going on my fifth year there. Uh, I've been teaching on and off about 15 years, give or take, in various uh, places and uh, capacities. I am also uh, the uh, husband of uh, your cousin, Becky Gordon, and mm-hmm. uh, Nay Adi. And uh, <laughs> father of Josh, Seth, and Anna. Josh is seven, and uh, Seth and Anna are four-year-old twins. And we all live here in the lovely German town of New Ulm, Minnesota. <laughs> the epicenter of progressive culture, New Ulm, Minnesota. Oh, it is indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we had a family of, uh, of uh, Catholics come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that really threw off the diversity, you know, the melting pot really <laughs> stirring now. And they were um, immediately run out of town. <laughs> y- yeah, but, you know, they uh, they have good wine. And so we brought them back. <laughs> and so it's all good. Uh, New Ulm, also home of Bachfest. Yes, sir, in, of which you need to partake. I, I've been there. I did it once. I came up yes. there one time. And I yes, you did. It. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, once is not enough, though. Is what I was saying. Is is yeah, you can say you've been there once, but like uh, like every uh, box, like every uh, helping of box fest each year, or box beer every year, or, or snowstorm rather, it's called. Uh, Shell's Brewery has this uh, beer called uh, Snowstorm, uh-huh. and the recipe is never the same because oh. no two uh, Minnesota winters are the same. Oh. And so and so on that vein, no two box fests are the same. So you have to come up again because uh-huh. that first time was a lot of fun. But it was. Uh, you know, you, you got you got to have a second one where yeah. you can really give a good opinion of it. That is such a neat marketing idea for a beer, by the way. Yeah, I've never heard that about shelves. Yeah, well, they, they've uh-huh. actually uh, had a, a number of their snowstorm brews become seasonal or actually uh, in a regular rotation. Oh, so if it's like really, like it's really well received, they keep them. That was going to be my yes. question actually. Okay. Yeah. 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 They, uh, and they had one, uh, that was a stout that, uh, I fell in love with and it much like, uh, things I fell in love with in, in college, it broke my heart cause they discontinued it. <laughs> and so it was like it was it was like my Guinness. I mean, I like Guinness, but this is yeah. like, oh, and it's here. I can have it all yeah. the time. And no, no, no. They decided no. Eh, we don't want it. Yeah, That's so I funny. tried in my not stout beer. Wait, hang on. I not to get off on a whole thing about the beer. Is it a different style of beer every time too? Yes, um, they have been uh, playing with. Uh, recipes a lot but they also been like but they've also almost have been on like a citrus theme not heavy citrus yeah but there's always been a citrus twist to many of the beers in the past um uh but that stout was definitely more of a a chocolate you know chocolate flavor flavor of beer which they don't do a lot of you know they they do like to stay with their more uh german or bavarian uh, style beers Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, they, they did, you know, they, and that's what, uh, they have been doing the last couple of years is, you know, kind of throwing in a little more, uh, citrus in it. Um, they do have a grapefruit beer called, oh. uh, um, yeah, Radler, um, that, uh, they released actually, um, like five years ago. And I remember the first time I had it was after a 5k here in town. Oh uh-huh. man, it went down too. And they, they, <laughs> instead of, instead of, instead of shirts, they gave us plastic boots <laughs> and it filled that boot up with beer. Oh, man. It was good. <laughs> that is very odd. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm just glad. I'm just glad I, I ran. I ran to the race because then I had to run home semi drunk because it was it was it was a healthy buzz. Because man, it, <laughs> that hit you so good. After a race. Oh man, this is just a uh, this has become a free commercial for the um, the wonderful town of New Ulm and Shelby. Yes. Series, which yes. I should feel like I should explain because people will complain. Bockfest is there's a brewery in New Ulm, and every, is it in February? It's like in winter. It's, well, usually, but it's, it's the Saturday before Ash Wednesday. It's the German okay. version of Mardi Gras called Fasching. Oh, I didn't know any of this. Okay. Yeah, and and if you don't mind me taking over. Um, no, it, go ahead. It, it, it's actually steeped in, in German history. Okay. Um, what, they, what the uh, Germans would do was they would hang rags out their windows. Okay. As if they're kind of airing their sheets or, you know, cleaning their, cleaning their sheets or cleansing their sins, you know, getting ready for, for Lent. Mm-hmm. And, and so they would hang these rags out of their windows. Mm-hmm. And it's, and like I said, it's kind of like their Mardi Gras. So the week, the weekend before, you know, they kind of let loose and ha- mm-hmm. have a party. And so uh-huh. in New Orleans, the, uh, the week preceding, Ash, uh, preceding Foshing, uh, in, in the downtown area here, they would hang strings of rags. Okay. And then, um, there are the, uh, the, the wooden, uh, spirits called the Narin, mm-hmm. which are people who dressed in Bavarian garb and wear wooden masks. Okay. And they walk, and they walk around the town the week before, um, Foshing or Mabachfest, mm-hmm. and on Friday they kidnap the mayor <laughs> and take him to all the beers, all the bars, <laughs> and of course he fights it, you know, because you know. Oh, how do I get whatever. to be mayor of that town? Oh, buddy, <laughs> it's a it, you have to have a high tolerance. I well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so yeah, actually, uh, in Bachfest. Uh, has been around for about 30 years here in New Orleans. It, it, and I must stress that this is not, you know, not every German town has a Bachfest. Right, but right. And in, in the 80s, uh, Shells has said, hey, you want, let's celebrate Fosching by, you know, having people out to the brewery and, and they uh, open up some kegs. And I think the first time they did it, there were 60 people. Okay. Last year, they uh, they had over... 10,000 people and they can only let in 6,000 at a time. Oh, wow. So, yeah, or, or maybe not 10,000, but I know they capped it at the capacity at 6,000. They had people waiting in line to get in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. And so you, you have, um, so you have the, all, the, uh, everything's outside except for the food. You have to go inside one of their um, delivery. Uh, fl- you know, delivery uh, flats to get mm-hmm. food, but then you have to come out and eat. And so you're outside in February or March, um, you know, drinking beer, listening to polka music, uh, <laughs> played by a, a live band. They also mm-hmm. have a DJ da- down below. There's a little ravine area where there's a DJ and the younger kids go there. <laughs> um, but it's, it's a good time. You, and you see people, you know, uh, drinking, uh, taking uh, beer bongs, and they make beer bongs out of deer skulls. <laughs> it's crazy stuff. It's it's a lot of fun, though. We have a couple listeners, I know for sure, and I don't know all the listeners, but I know some of them are from the various coasts. All and right. I'm positive this this what you just described sounds very foreign to them. Oh, I'm sure I'm mind I'm blown. sure mine's yeah. being blown right now as we speak. Yeah. Uh, and they're yeah. all gonna and if I the ones I'm thinking of are gonna want to come and check it out. And as they are sure, more than welcome. You, yeah. You let me know and uh, we'll 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 put them someplace here at a Chateau Gordon. Oh open invitation to come yeah. check out Boston. Chateau, yeah. Chateau it was, Gordon it was, open them. It was it was uh it was it's very fun and everyone should do it. Um and I should do it again. Uh, that being said, though, <laughs> before we talk about beer the whole time, which yeah. I very easily could. Um, oh, yes. 
I, so we, I will now ask you the question that is the central premise of this entire show until I decide to change it, which I haven't mm-hmm. done yet. Um, who do you believe you are, Chris Gordon? Mm. It, I have to say that is a very good question for a Thank premise you. of a show. I appreciate uh, that. I, I believe I am a work in progress. Okay. Uh, I, you know, as, as with most works of art, nothing is ever truly done, <laughs> you know, truly complete. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I have had some experiences within the last couple of years of my life that have definitely shown that there is growth, you know, there is potential for growth and, uh, potential and, you know, and, and by reacting to that, to whatever changes come will bring that growth and, I think that uh, the more I see myself as an unfinished work, you know, the more I'm able to be uh, accepting of the change and Mm -hmm. willing to, uh, as we say in the boxing world, roll with the punches. Yeah, yeah. So it's good to it's good to have that mindset. I think that's it's good because once you once you find okay, I'm I'm good, I'm I'm solid, I'm where I need to be then that's when you get really get knocked for a loop. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that openness to um, the roll with the punches, which is a mm-hmm. metaphor that I very much like, um, mm-hmm. do you think that that is something you've always had or did that really come, because you said in the last several years some things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you had that always or that really recently that's something that's, uh, that you've acquired? Um, I, I think to some extent as something I've always had, depending on the situation. I, okay. I mean, there are some situations where I planned on things going exactly one way and yeah. then they didn't and I totally got knocked off my feet. Yeah. But then there are, are some situations where I was, you know, cognizant of the possibility of different outcomes. Mm-hmm. And because I was ready for that, you know, if the if the situation went south, I can you know quick. I was more, a, I was more able to find a silver lining. Yeah. Or you know to throw another metaphor out there, you know, you know, uh, or idiom, land on my feet. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think having that mindset of okay. We, you know, if, this, if plan B doesn't go, I'm going to go, you know, plan A doesn't go, I'm going to plan B. And if plan B doesn't go, I'm going to plan C. Yeah. You know, and I think having that, that openness to, you know, different possibilities makes things a lot easier to handle. Mm-hmm. What's an example of a situation where you didn't, you said sometimes you thought it was going to go one way and you got knocked off your feet. Like, what's an example of that? Because I think that the that dichotomy uh, would resonate with a lot of people. Like, yeah, when I feel prepared, I feel like I am very adaptable. But when I'm not, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of a time where I was totally uh, blown, blow, you know, blown out, blown out of proportion. Oh, you know, what? I guess. And this is not a, uh, a bad thing, obviously. You know, once you understand, and once I explain it, you'll understand. Sure. A couple of years ago, I uh, you know turned forty, uh-huh. and I had it in my head that I turned forty on a Saturday. And as a runner, you know, you pay attention to age divisions, right? And so I was thinking, oh, this is great. There's a race in Hutchinson, which is uh, Hutchinson, Minnesota, which is 45 miles north of uh, New Ulm. Mm-hmm. And actually it's where, uh, you know, uh, my uncle, uh, Paul, who is uh, my father-in-law's brother, mm-hmm. and his wife, uh, Barb, and then uh, their son, Phil, uh, whom you've met, mm-hmm. and uh, his wife, Jamie, live. And uh, Phil and I have, be, have become very good friends throughout the years. And, uh, well, there was this race. It is an uh, 8K, I believe it was. And what, so I was what, like, an, what an odd amount. Yeah, well, uh, it's funny you say that because Shells actually has this, um, usually has a 6K and a 12K called the Lager Loft. 
Huh. But, you know, six being a, a brewery, you know, six, sure. yeah, six and 12 are pretty popular numbers. Oh, no, I, I got... <laughs> Yeah, so they had eight k, which is just shy of five miles. Okay, so I'm gearing up for this race, and I had this whole plan that I was going to go uh, run. You know, I was going to um, uh, wake, you know, like go to Hutchinson late Friday night after put help Becky put the kids to bed. Uh huh. Stay with Phil and Jamie. Wake up in the morning, run the race. And then um, come home, and then whatever surprise Becky had for me, oh, hey, surprise, birthday, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And so um, the Friday, you know, the day before my birthday, I'm just going out, and I had some mud on my sandals. So I go out to clap my sandals off, and this is like 8.30 in the morning. Uh-huh. And so, so I'm looking down, and I clap my sandals, and I look up, and there's Phil. Like my cousin from Hutchinson. <laughs> and in my head, I'm thinking, dude, I'm coming up to your house. <laughs> you don't need a chaperone over me. Well, then I turn around, and there's Becky, my wife, with a camera. And she said, surprise, you're getting kidnapped. Uh-oh. And this totally threw me out. I'm like, oh, what? Because yeah. I, I, I sometimes pride of myself in being quick witted and thinking of stuff, and I had nothing. I was yeah. blank. And there's uh, nothing they, in the playbook for yeah. This is, like, this is uh, fourth, fourth and twenty three. I got nothing yeah. to run. Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone, someone took my script, and so <laughs> uh, turns out that uh, she had orchestrated this uh, this weekend for me that. Uh, Phil was going to take me to Chicago. He didn't tell me at the time. He was kidnapping me. Uh, but you can only go so far east and see Chicago before you realize, oh, I'm probably going to Chicago. <laughs> and yeah. my brother, um, who lives in Michigan, I, and I grew up in Michigan, so um, you know, I, I have a lot of family there and friends there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my brother and a, co- a good college friend of mine met us in Chicago, and we stayed at the flat of uh, my brother's wife's cousin, uh, who was actually the, uh, during that weekend was in was in Michigan for their family's week at the cabin. Okay. And so we have this place in Chicago all to ourselves, and we go to and around. And in fact, there was a race that Saturday in. Um, in northern uh, Chicago. I can't remember the name of the exact uh, suburb. And uh-huh. it was a superhero race. Perfect for me because I'm a huge geek. That is perfect. Yeah. But the the ironic thing was is that the age divisions are so weird. <laughs> I was in the 31 to 40 group. Oh, no. So I still was the oldest guy. <laughs> but it, it, it really didn't work, you know, matter because I actually did pretty well. Yeah. So uh, I didn't really play a, a part in it, and I dressed up as strong bad. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. I like for, that. That's a solid. Yeah. I'm with you on that reference. I think some of the listeners might not be, but I'm there with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know, really quick, history lesson, that strong bad was actually a Nintendo wrestling game character? No, I did not know that. Yes, the game Pro Wrestling for the old school uh, Nintendo uh Entertainment system. The NES, the first one. The NES, the original NES. Yeah, they had a figure with a re- with a red wrestling and with a red Mexican wrestling mask and the boots and, uh, and the tights and everything, and uh, with the red gloves and and uh, and so that's what uh, that was the uh, that that was the uh, the the I guess the epi- I got I'm trying I'm. Trying to think of the word. I'm just gonna say the birth of strong bad. Yeah, yeah. Right there. The uh, for lack of a better term. Is etymology the right word? No, that's not right. Maybe, yeah, it'll come to like, oh yeah, that word. That etymology or etymology is the only thing I'm thinking of. But I, I yeah, the epidus or oh yeah, the yeah, epi- yeah, yeah, the epidermal, whatever. Yeah. Never. Yeah, the enema. The you enema think, of the game. You know. <laughs> yeah. I think we're getting further away from it somehow. We are. You know, we're, we're, we took this road, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing funny is, down well, that road. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a conversation show. It just goes where it goes. 
Um, yes, it's going in a very weird place right now. I, yeah. Fine so anyway, um, long story short, I, I you know <laughs> the whole the whole meaning of this conversation was she totally took me off guard. I, I was yeah. not ready for that situation. I did not roll with that punch. I took it full in the face. Yeah. It was a fun picture punch to take full in the face. Yeah. Um, As and many of them proved not to be, but that's a yeah. that's an example of one. You said something about boxing. Did you box? I, I did a little bit in college. Oh, I didn't um, know that about you. A little okay. bit. And uh you know, and I, I wanted to be more serious with it. I yeah. I did, but then I I I I learned that I needed, you know, to be more focused on other things, and it, but it was a it was a great uh, experience because um, you know I was able to become a better athlete. Uh, the right. First, I remember the first two weeks I worked with a trainer. All we did, all we did, was yeah. work out in my stance. Oh my yeah, I mean, for it'd two be weeks, like, it'd be of me, like you know, of me standing with my left foot forward. And you know my my hands you know, my hands up, you know, and cross out, and my and the, the trainer would walk around and hit me from all sides, mm-hmm. just to make sure my base was solid. And you couldn't do anything; you just stood there. Well, I, I would move around, but I mean, he would you know he would just hit me from all sides and I'd block and stuff. But that was it. I didn't throw a punch for the first two weeks. Yeah. But when we did, I mean, then then you know it was really flowing, and uh, it it felt pretty good. Um, I did a couple fights and it was all, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. I just, it was just not the path for me because uh, of other things. And, and I really wasn't that disciplined. I, I wasn't as disciplined um, as I am now in terms of sticking with something. And, and, but I don't think also it would have worked out well for me uh, just because I, you know, I needed to, you know, my my path was on my studies. Yeah, and I yeah. needed to stick with that path. And uh, in order to be a really good boxer, you need to you know have have that be more more of a focus than what I was able to give it. Your first uh, that has to be your first commitment, I would imagine. Yeah, if it's going to be. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, anytime you you want to put you know a serious uh, and you know athletic endeavor. You have to expect that to take a huge chunk of your life, and yeah. you know, um, I was involved in, you know, you know, um, a fraternity. I was, you know, and I still was involved at home, and you know, I had a couple of jobs because you know, college kid, and you, you, know, you mm-hmm. need to work through through stuff, and so there was just not a lot of time. But I did really enjoy my experiences I had while boxing. Um, and I still, I really feel it's made me even, you know, the the lessons I've I've learned about, you know, body awareness have resonated even to this day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I am so. um, the reason that that I don't know if anybody else finds this interesting, but I do, which is I I've said my girlfriend listens to this podcast, and she would attest to the fact that I have said on multiple occasions I would totally take boxing lessons, like just right. to. Just to, I don't know what it is, Chris, why I'm fascinated by it, but I want to do it for like a year and mm-hmm. just see what it's like. And I, I, I even understand that because I think the temptation might be, I want to do it for a month, but I don't even think you get the experience. Like I want to commit to it for like a year and just do it mm-hmm. and see what it's like because it's so, you have to be such a, well, first of all, I'm sure I would get in better shit that I'm in now. And mm-hmm. second of all, the things you were just talking about, like the, the, the amount of discipline, the amount of, like, or the uh, awareness that one learns from it, like I am fascinated by that stuff. I, I would really, I just haven't found, I don't think they really do it seriously in Des Moines, but I would like to um, just try it because I find it very interesting. Yeah, I would definitely, uh, you know, do some research, uh, find out if there is a gym yeah, I was very fortunate because I uh, trained, you know, with a uh, with a club that was through our our school, through our university. So yeah, I didn't have to do a lot of searching there. Uh, but yeah, I would definitely look around, and even if you don't find a full fledged gym, you know, yeah, you might want to put 
some kind of post somewhere. Hey, does anyone know, you know, does anyone, you know, have boxing experience can help me out? Yeah. I might go, might go to the Y's or a, a Y and the Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would check that out. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I am, uh, it's, it's just so funny you said that. Cause I think about it like not often, but like, I don't know, two, three times a month. That's an odd, yeah. uh, that's an odd, uh, ratio to get for something you think about. But, uh, mm-hmm. like two, three times a month, I'm like, I would box. Like I would try that. Um, and I don't know why I need to spend some time in therapy figuring out why. Um, but anyway, yeah. uh, it's interesting to me though, that you say, so we had somebody on the show previously. I tell you this for the sake of backstory. We had someone on the yep. show previously that also said they were a work in progress, but that person is in their early twenties. I think that that's an answer that people would expect from somebody of that age. Now mm-hmm. I'm not trying to say, please don't read that as me saying you're old, but that oh, being yeah. said, you are certainly well more, or, uh, more well established. Does it, I think that if maybe I'm projecting, I think that if um, our situations were reversed and I was giving that answer, I would have much more anxiety, anxiety about being a work in progress. Is there mm-hmm. a sense in which you have that anxiety or uh, say something about feeling um, or dealing with the desire that we all have to feel like you've arrived at some point? Cause I think that's a natural inclination and then being yeah. comfortable with the fact that you have to keep moving forward and that you really, uh, all, every stage of life just kind of ends up being, uh, okay, I just have to be ready for the next challenge. Yeah. No. And, uh, I, I don't take offense at all that you're calling me old. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Um, Cause I was, I was doing it anyway. I just didn't want you yeah, to. Yeah. That's going to do this in the nicest way possible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I said a lot, you know, I said a lot of words to get around it too, which yeah. <laughs> words, 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 you're old. Words, <laughs> words, words. <laughs> well, the, the, the notion that I am a work of progress actually is, you know, it is, like I said, something that has, um, in my mind and, you know, for a while, but, uh, and I know that we have talked about addressing this, uh, you know, this, situ- this situation that I've come across in the last year or so, but so I might as well yeah, get into it. This is as good um, time as any. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in March of 2015, I contracted necrotizing fasciitis, mm-hmm. uh, which started in a, in a scrape on my right hand. Um, and it, I, I, I got the scrape on a Wednesday. Uh, okay. Three days later, I woke up with a huge bump on my uh, right elbow. You said three, three days? Three days? Three, yeah, three days later. Yeah, I scraped my right hand on a Wednesday. Three days later, I woke up with a huge bump on my right elbow. And I go into the uh, walk-in clinic, and they say, mm-hmm. well, it could be cellulitis, could be bursitis. Um, sure. Would have been the first on my list. Yep. Yeah, they said, well, maybe cellulitis. Uh you want you to uh, keep an eye on it, and if you know it gets worse, come back. Well, mm-hmm. by I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna stop this for just one second. Okay. For 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 the sake of background, for everybody listening, in case you're not in medicine, I want to explain what a big deal this is. Necrotizing fasciitis is an, a tremendously aggressive um, infection that people can get, and this is when you've heard people saying flesh-eating bacteria. This is literally what it is. So. What Chris contracted is a uh, very aggressive, uh, very difficult to diagnose because early on it looks like other things, which is what we're talking about right now. And once it's diagnosed, very difficult to treat, and you have to get ahead of it. So just for the sake of everybody understanding, that's, that, that is what we're talking about. So now, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I just wanted everybody to No worries. No. Yeah. No, I, I think, no, that's good because, yeah, you know, it's good to have have a basis of what we're discussing. And, and I'm so, a medicine nerd, so I, I can't. That happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> right. I, you know, so, um, you know, 11 hours later, you know, we're getting ready to put the kids to bed. And yeah. throughout the day, I'm feeling progressively worse. I threw up once or twice. And, oh, and at this time, you know, my left arm looks like Bruce Banner. My right arm looks like the Hulk. And the entire arm is swollen. The, the entire arm is swollen. Oh, I mean, boy. Yeah. I mean... I, I, you know, I was. I remember one time thinking, "Man, 
I hope I'm not sick because this would be awesome. Because I was yeah. <laughs> How do I get this to the rest of my body? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And, but, uh, so, but at, at that point, so then at that point, are you? How worried are you? I, I was. A, I was a little. Uh, a little worried. I, you know, I didn't want to freak out because I didn't want to scare the kids. Um, but you know, obviously, this is something you just can't ignore. Right. Um, something. So, just so you've got the bells going off, like something is not right. Yeah, so uh, yeah. we, uh, so Becky, I was able to get a hold of uh, a, a colleague of hers. Um, she's also a teacher here, uh-huh. in New, uh, and she teaches in New Alm. And one of her colleagues came over with uh, their 12-year-old son, I believe, um, and he watched the kids. The kids were already sleeping, yeah. so that was good. And so she and I went to the um, the emergency room, and just for uh, – you know, sake of brevity, they checked me in. Um, they couldn't get a blood pressure uh, because my blood at that time had gone septic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they kept me in the overnight. Next morning, uh, the ER doc said, um, Mr. Gordon, this is beyond us. We yeah. can't help you. Where do you want to go? And uh, I said, Mayo. Yeah, because uh, the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, is one of the best hospitals in the world. Yep, world renowned, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and and also, uh, you know, my mother and father in law lived there, yeah. and uh, I figured, yeah, you know, at least we have family, and so they uh, they strapped me into a hard light hard light plane. Oh, they airlifted you then. Okay. They oh yeah, they were they were yeah. going to take a helicopter, but a, a bad storm coming in. Yeah. And so they mm-hmm. uh they took me to the um New Orleans Municipal Airport and when I say strapped me in, they literally strapped me to the plane. Oh yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yep. Yeah. Um and so I got a good view of one corner of the airplane. And, and tell me tell me what you're in that moment when you hear cuz it, it must be and I'm certainly probably desensitize this a little bit just because of what I do for a living, but Mm -hmm. it must be such an unsettling feeling to hear a physician say, this is beyond us. You need to go somewhere else. Can you articulate at all? Like what it felt like in that moment to like hear somebody say that? I don't. Okay. I'm not trying to come off as cocky. No, 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 no. I'm not. And I'm not, I'm not trying you know, obviously I was worried. Because when doctors don't know what's going on, that is a cause for alarm. Sure. But I have to say that I was reasonably calm. And as we talked before, I was rolling with the punches. And so I yeah. was more focused on, okay, what do we got to do? Yeah, you know, what's, yeah. What's the next step? You know, let's keep things moving forward. And so I was, I was just more... Uh, ready to look for the next avenue to pursue the rules of improv, right, man? Always be moving. Exactly. Never say yes. <laughs> never, never say no. Never yeah, say no. Always say yes. Uh, be in the moment. Always be moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, they strapped me into the plane and, uh, 20 minutes later we were in, uh, Rochester and, and then, uh, after that things got really fuzzy. Um, okay. Yeah, I bet yeah, because they, they started, you know, hit, hit me with drugs, and I remember, you know, the last thing I remember on Sunday was I was sitting in a chair, and I felt like I was strapped in, and my yeah. head was lolling back and forth heavily, and I remember those guys talking to me, and uh, I, I mean, I remember him saying this is serious, so you know, might lose, blah blah, and yeah. And, and so, and and then later on, do I find out that I was actually a bit of a smart aleck towards him? That I was cracking jokes. That doesn't surprise me even. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, and he's, and he said that he's never had anyone be so so calm and so. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not sure if he said the word witty, but yeah. I think irreverent came to mind. Okay, um, I like that. I was like, yeah, I was just in the mind. I guess I was just in the mindset of you know what. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, and, and so, uh, and then, uh, again, long story short, I spent, uh, two months in the hospital, um, over a dozen surgeries. Uh, they had a graph 
They had to take skin grafts from my back and my leg and my legs. Yep. Um, to put on my uh, my right side of my chest, uh, my my back, my shoulder, and then the vast majority the majority of my right arm. Um, with the exception of a 15-inch by 4-inch flap of skin, they had to extract from my left thigh. Yeah. Uh, because the infection had gone, had gone so far into my hand that it had reached my tendons. Jeez. And, uh, I, and during the second surgery, I nearly lost my arm. Yeah. They, they told Becky, if we have to, you know, when we go into the second surgery, we are taking the arm. And thankfully, the occupational therapist who was there in the surgery noticed I had hand movement. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah. And so because of that, that's that's basically the only reason why I'm, you know, I have two arms still. Yeah. Um, um, Do do you remember if at any point, because I understand, like, it all kind of happened very quickly for you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the point where you realized kind of like, oh, this is a, this is a big deal? Or did you keep the, I'm rolling with the punches kind of attitude through the whole thing? Um, <laughs> I think the first time I was, you know, I, I was really like, you know, this is really something bad was um, the morning after I woke up. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I... Again, I, I, I noticed a bump on Saturday. So Saturday night, they kept me over in Newall. Sunday morning, they flew me to Rochester. Mm-hmm. So I, I went out of consciousness on Sunday. All right. Yeah. The morning, I woke, the morning after I woke up from my uh, induced sedation, I'm talking to my brother, again, who lives in Michigan. So he flew yeah. out for this. So that was kind of a big deal. Yeah. And I, and the, and the, uh, uh, another occupational therapist is looking at my hand. Yeah. And she says, well, I usually don't work tomorrow, but I'll come in and see, you know, see what I can do. I kind of scoff and, you know, not in a mean way, like what you don't work on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had been out for a day. Yeah. Yeah. And then, my brother says, Chris, it's Friday. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You can literally, you you can literally see the explosion coming out of my head. I'm sure. I could not believe I had been out for five days. Yeah. And and I remember for, for like three minutes, I was like, Friday. It's Friday. Today's <laughs> Friday. It, and it's, it's Friday. And I'm sure that I wore out the word. But I just kept saying it over and over again. And the thought that follows, I'm sure, once you get it to, you know, once you're able to form it is, why was, why have I, why don't I remember? Like, what is, what has transpired that I don't remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then then Jeff says, my brother says, we have a lot to talk about. That clear, well, the understatement of this century, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, and so... Um, I guess to give your uh, viewers who have never seen me a little perspective, I look like a discount Deadpool. <laughs> you, know, if, if you know the character Deadpool, and especially the movie, and I mean, and I thought they did a fantastic job with all aspects of the movie. Well, virtually mm-hmm. every aspect of the movie. But I did too. Yeah, you know yeah. The, the way that they. Um, they they created Ryan Reynolds and, and put and and put the makeup on when he yeah. became what we know as Deadpool. Yeah. That's what my arm and my my chest and my back look like. Yeah, yeah. Is that kind of you know almost like rotting flesh, kind of you know re- really weird looking look to it. That's what skin grafts are. Yeah. Um, and you know, and there's a lot of stiffness. Um, but I mean, it, I've. I think I'm thinking I'm jumping the narrative here a little bit, but no, you're fine. Um, I, you know, I, you know, it, it is the new normal for me. But yeah, you're right. When that, when I first realized that I'd been out for five days, that was when I, uh, you know, it can it kind of came to my mind that this is not, this is not something that I'm just gonna, you know, just roll, just kind of yeah. pop back from. And yeah. The funny thing is, is that. Um, 
I also, uh, for my school, uh, we're an online school, but we have um, periodic uh, face-to-face events. And that night, that night was our talent show. And I wrote and was going to direct the, uh, the teacher skit. Okay. And I was going to MC the whole event. So, so I agree. At one point, I'm, I'm talking to Becky. And I said, "Well, if I, you know, if I clean up and you know I get out of here, I could get up to." Oh, so you cities. still thought you were going to make I'm it? I'm still like, I can make, I can make five o'clock. And she yeah. says, "You are not going anywhere. That is not happening." Yeah, and then yeah. and I think uh, an hour later is when the room flipped upside down on me. What do you mean? Um, How so? Well, you've heard of ketamine, right? Yes. I yes. Uh, I am authorized by the state of Iowa to administer that drug, actually. So yeah. That that is a that is a foul biting dragon, my friend. So it'll get you. Yeah. Oh it'll yeah. Let's see. Um in that first day alone, the room flips headed down on me. I thought that the um, Oh, you mean literally? The room I, I was oh yeah, I'm holding hands with Becky. I oh close my, my eyes. God! Okay, I yeah. open my eyes, and the room is upside down. Okay. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. Um, so that happened. Yeah. We, okay. So, that so happened. That, flash so didn't th- happen. So that, and then yeah, so there's <laughs> that, and then there's also the fact that I uh, that I thought that there were bugs in the room, and someone had opened the opened the room again. This is in March, so the, the very end of winter, beginning of spring, and in an IC room, ICU room. Mm-hmm. I thought there were bugs in the room. <laughs> um, oh, oh, yeah. The Macarena was playing nonstop. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no it, is it is funny. It is funny. I'm at sorry. Time, I feel like that was the, inappropriate to but no, no, <laughs> it is totally appropriate. It's funny, but at the time, I was like, I was so annoyed. Oh I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Stupid song was playing over hey, and over again. Hey, look, brother! If I hear the Macarena for 15 seconds, I I already want to put my head through a plate glass window. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, ketamine. Uh, yeah, ketamine was uh, not a, not a friend of mine. I mean, that, that was just the first day. Yeah, that's when we give, and I'm sure this is probably why they gave it to you too. That's when we give people when we have to into like we have to put a tube down their throat, um, yep. but they're not quite out of it enough to justify or not to justify. Excuse me, that's not the right word. Um, they're not quite out of it enough where they won't uh, fight it and that kind of thing. But the best yeah. way to protect their airway is to put a tube in, and so that's why yeah. ambulances carry it. And it's funny you say that because I was just having a conversation with someone yesterday at work where we were talking about ketamine. And he said to me uh, about dosing, he said, give them more, uh, give them slightly more than you think is necessary. And his, 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 the gist of it was round up basically, like because it's a weight based medication. Uh, I don't know if this is interesting, but I'm already talking about it. So whatever. Um, Okay. it's a weight-based medication, and he said round up when you're doing that because if you give them too little, uh, people become agitated, uh-huh. um, and they will start to fight the tube and all that stuff. And I can only imagine the reason they become agitated now hearing your story is because they start to think all these things are happening that are not. Uh-huh. Maybe yeah. they're all hearing the Macarena, in which case could be I it. would be agitated also. So it all makes sense yeah. now. Yeah, and then, I mean, that was just the first day. The other uh, hallucinations I had include... Oh, I'm very interested in this. This I thought thought just outside one of my hospital rooms, because I was in, like, five or six different hospital rooms during my stay, and I thought during outside one of the hospital rooms um, was an Eastern European nature center, and I say Eastern European specifically. That is so specific, Chris. Because there, is a, there, there, were, there was this troop of wrestling gymnasts that would bound okay. and wrestle with each other as they were, like, doing flips and twists oh through, uh, through the nature center. 
Oh and my god! They were being observed by uh, inner city children on a yeah. on a field trip. Um, so there's that. And of course they were. Sure, that's yeah, the kind of yeah, thing you, you go know, on field trips for. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that's yep. level one right there. <laughs> yeah, and so um, there's that. Everybody's first field trip uh, watching. Uh, European wrestlers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, Who of course. doesn't remember that? I mean, that's exactly. That's like first grade. And so there's <laughs> that. And then um, let's see. I thought that uh, Becky had brought me a, a bag of comics that included the a, a cosmic cube holograph holographic projector. <laughs> like it okay. had, had, had these different comic books. In Marvel comic books, because I right. mostly read Marvel. Yeah. And there was this cosmic cube, you know, the Tesseract from the MCU. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it would project different, like, bonus features from each of the books. And I thought, I could have sworn on ten Bibles that <laughs> that that was in the next room. Oh, my gosh. Which happened to be the bathroom. Oh, my gosh. Which, in my current state, I was not using. So right. I thought, oh, that's where, that's where it is. And I asked her, and I also thought I had packed a bag um, to, you know, to bring it. So I kept asking, where's my bag? Can you bring my bag? And she repeatedly, no, sweetie, you don't have a bag. You're wearing your clothes. Um, yeah, <laughs> oh so, I, yeah, that, that was the first time I spent more than a month straight without pants. <laughs> <laughs> but how well? Um, it was it yeah. back to pants? It was so breezy. And then, uh, and then in, in another room. Um, I remember believing that the uh, that the room was spinning, which is a normal one, I'm sure. Um, yeah, yeah. That there was mm-hmm. actually a pool above my room because the, it was also dripping. Okay. And okay. In the in the ceiling tiles of of the hospital room in which I was I was occupying were carved into the tiles. Wow. Scenes, scenes from the movie Mulan. Oh. <laughs> I've seen that movie once. <laughs> oh, my God. But apparently made such an impression upon me. Oh, apparently. It's very deep I, in your psyche, apparently. I remember seeing this one scene where Mulan is holding a sword above her head, and then there's a scroll, roll, like, rolling, a, you know, like, Unfolding across her, you know, body from top to bottom, and it says, "The greatest honor is to have you as a daughter," which is, I think it's one of the lines from the movie. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, on, I'm almost positive it is. I've only seen yeah. it. Yeah, but I'm almost yeah. Positive. And then, um, and then uh, I remember another room. It felt like we were going down a very steep decline to get to the room, and then I remember seeing a giant hydraulic press. The, like as you go in there's a like, little tiny room then the main room and in the little tiny room I thought there was a giant hydraulic press mm-hmm. which fits actually because I watched the movie Snowpiercer oh yeah mm-hmm. in that movie in that in that room great movie I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Chris Evans oh, and yeah. so that, was, oh, that great, worked out well yeah yeah but, uh, but the fact that the whole the whole hallway was tilted at I would say a good 30 degree angle oh boy I remember that, and I was like, "Oh boy, you're gonna let me go because this is not gonna end well if you do." I don't, I don't feel like good things happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I really don't mean to laugh. I'm not trying to make light of the. No, no. It, it, it. You cannot not laugh. Really, I mean, it's too I was much. Telling, I can't. Like, you can't make this stuff up. It's too yeah. specific for me. Yeah, to, yeah. Well, we were talking just a few days ago. Um, Becky and the kids and I were talking about it and the kids were asking me, Daddy, what did you think was happening? And I told them and they were all laughing and and so it's, you know, you, you have to find the humor and otherwise, you know, you're just going to become depressed. Yeah. And so, um, so you had a long, you had a fairly arduous road to um, recovery, mm-hmm. uh, which were, by the way, if, in case we, lest we forget to say, you are now recovered um, and healthy, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for as much as I'm going to be, I mean, obviously, uh, you don't shed skin grafts. You know, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, new, um, new skin doesn't grow underneath them. 
That's, no, that, no. Fun. Yeah. Um, and they don't sweat. So, oh, they don't. Oh, oh, they, sure. Of course they wouldn't. Yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I never uh, thought of that until you just said it. But yeah, of course they wouldn't. Sure. Yeah. So, so when I go on, like, go on my longer runs, really hot runs, they, you know, I could. There's, it's really cooking underneath there. Yeah. But I have saved so much money on deodorant because <laughs> you only put it on one side. It's only, I only have my left arm. Once in a while, I'll reach over and try to put it on my right, and I'm like, wait. Why would I? There, yeah, <laughs> I'm a rose under oh, there. That's I love that. <laughs> yeah. Also, also if uh, that's if the name of your uh, thirty for thirty. By the way, I only put yeah. deodorant on one side. That's the name of it. If he ever does a thirty for thirty on you, that's what it'll be called. Yeah. I've already decided. And by the way, Chris, before you ask, yes, I'll direct it. You don't have to ask. Thank me. you. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. I'll do it. Yeah, it's it's totally. <laughs> it does. It, you know, it creates itself. Um. Also, if there is a nipple tax, I'm going to save a lot of money. <laughs> there is one instated. I'm going to be, uh, I'm already 50% ahead of the curve right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know if I've ever, I don't know if I've ever been uh, <laughs> brought to tears by something so funny on this show. So that's oh, the thing that's happening. So you're the so you're the first relative to be on, and you're also the first one to make me yay to make me cry laughing. <laughs> well, thank God for that. I mean, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure if I'd been more coherent in yes ending your bit, I, I'm pretty sure that Donald Trump is going to institute that tax. So you'll be fine. Oh that yeah. Happens. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause look, I don't have nipples. Okay. That's yeah, my Donald. Donald yeah. It's not good. It's not very good. Yeah. I understand. But all of you with two nipples are going to pay so much money for this wall. <laughs> look, 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 look. Yeah. Like, There's a similar, I was going to say, uh, look, we're going <laughs> to, Never mind. It's not worth doing. Yeah. Yours is it, it, it was similar. It was yeah. similar. It was similar. Oh man. So anyway, yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, it's like it's like I said. You know, I'm a discount Deadpool or you know a zombie with commitment issues. I was also thinking about maybe like doing one of those zombie runs. Yeah. And then like not wearing a shirt, and then one of the zombies idea. run up. Already, me, I'm dude. It. I'm one of you. I'm already back. All right. Leave me alone. And then they'll leave me alone. And I could run the whole you'll race. You'll totally escape. win. Oh, you'll win. You'll win so hard. Yeah. Because they're not going to be like, yeah, you already had that. Like, no one's going to say that. So, yeah. Oh, you're golden. That's a brilliant idea. And I almost wanted to delete it from the podcast just in case the organizers of Zombie Runs listen to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think they do. Wait. Hang on. No one's I, was a loophole. I was listening to this obscure podcast and somebody said, no. Make a bad one good, make a wrong one right. Power and love will keep you home.